Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike, people who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. Hey, welcome, Ben. We made it. Uh, we're in season two. We're in the cusp of it. We're, we're well into this season two, episode two. We're on our way. Yeah. Here's some of the things you can expect from today, tonight. The Anytime you're listening to it episode, it's a podcast. It doesn't have really have a, a timestamp to it. It could be Twilight. You know, some of the things we like to bring to you in real estate in the 608, each episode we feature, well, local music from, from artists right here in the 608. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seesaw, in particular, uh, ran into her on the sidewalk just now. <laughs> Is it one person now? Well, <laughs> the, ran the into one, both of them. <laughs> I always do the one on the left. So each episode, right. we will feature music from Seesaw, but also some of our favorite in the 608 musicians. We will pause for the top of the hour tip. As we said, we are a real estate magazine podcast, and what we like to do is surround ourselves with people who are smarter than us, really. Smarter than us to provide those top-of-the-hour tips, the market update, and uh, and someone who is certainly smarter than we are, uh, Phil Plord will be in with his look beyond the 608. That's right. Uh, today, uh, I, we're going to try and make this interesting. We're talking insurance. Okay, I get it. Insurance. <laughs> also, someone who has lived in the Shanks Corners neighborhood in their first and only home for almost 45 years. 45 years. All right. Well, that's, that's a good. Something. I that mean, also that's makes them... Cool. He's going to listen to this, I bet. I he, hope he does. He will be one of our senior guests. Oh, boy. I'm going to let you handle that. You <laughs> Maybe can talk you to can, him about that. You can edit that out. <laughs> We're going to talk to insurance today, and I think we've got some fun angles that will make it interesting and certainly something that you can take away uh, and maybe put some money in your pocket. Hey, not a bad idea. So we should introduce who we are. My name uh, is Adam Elliott, the aforementioned there. I am a homeowner, uh, former news reporter, used to do a lot of radio in Madison. I currently uh, am a teacher at Madison College. I'm also a student taking classes at the University of Wisconsin. Adam brings us all of our social media cred. I try to. I try to give the recommendations <laughs> to those kids about how to do it these days. Isn't that funny that <laughs> kids would turn to you to learn about the social medias? Oh, my, how the tides have turned. My and children I, told yeah. me that uh, the sign of someone who is too old for social media is when they combine <laughs> the names of them and they say, like, Instabook or Facegram. <laughs> That's like the indication that, like, you're old, boomer, to I stop say, playing I on say social to Evelyn, media. When my daughter Evelyn has her phone taped to her face, I say, are you snapogramming or oh. you know, all different? Like, That's how they communicate <laughs> You now. tease her that way. I, I do. See. We yeah. tease. All right. Well, you should say who you are as well. I'm Ben Anton, a uh, father of teens, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but also a landlord and a broker associate at the Lauer Realty Group. And the other person you're going to hear in studio later today is Jeff First. Jeff First is an independent insurance agent. And I think that's one of the reasons that I like him. And I think one of the reasons that he will be of benefit to you. If 
We're going to talk about insurance versus insurance, right? Pretty sure insure is like a drink for seniors, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the old guy stuff. Um, insure is for people with iron poor blood. I remember that because um, I think. Well, anyway, when I was in the hospital and I needed to gain weight, they had me drinking that. They had insure. you drinking insure. <laughs> um, but I, I, I wanted to have an insure insure pun, and uh, it turns out that while the AP. AP Stylebook still calls for a differentiation between insuring, uh-huh. which is to purchase insurance, right, and right. to insure, as in to to make certain of. Right. Um, mm-hmm. There are there are certain people with less less class that that use them interchangeably, uh, <laughs> but since we are audio only for you today. You'll just never know. That's not to say we're not low class. Though. Are, are we not? <laughs> are we not classy? <laughs> What's been going on with you, Adam, since, yeah. since last time? Since last time, uh, we're, we're back in the semester. I'm teaching, like I had mentioned before, I am a teacher. I teach a class at Madison College. Uh, social media is the aforementioned subject we talked about. In addition to web strategies, user experience is my domain as well. And uh, I'm enrolled in classes where I'm looking at uh, getting deeper into analytics. And, and today we are all concerned about your experience. <laughs> How about you? What have you been doing? Then? I am still unpacking. And even here in the in the... Still pretty new real estate in the 608 studios. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few empty boxes. There's a few full boxes uh, within eyesight. Something we're working on. Gotcha. Are you emotionally unpacking too, or is that like complete? To you there has like? there has, over the holidays there was some emotional unpacking. Um, <laughs> just wrapped up late January. Finally wrapped up the 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 end of Christmas celebrations. The Anton mm-hmm. family alternative Christmas uh-huh. held in Hatfield, Wisconsin. Okay. So there was yeah, there yeah. may have been some some bottling up. Of emotions there, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. and now I've come home to unpack them. Yeah, uh, I think for everyone else that are out in the world, yes, we are unpacking all that emotional baggage from the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Still unpacking the recycling bins are full. That's right of our emotional boxes. So that's what we've been doing since last time. Let's talk about what's going on from the headlines. From the headlines, oftentimes we'll touch on uh, sales of import, mm-hmm. if you will, um, and important to me, taverns. Yeah, you do. Like, there has been a couple taverns. Why yeah. are taverns important? I don't know. I haven't had you. a drink in like eight years. Mm, but okay. they, they we'll, are... We'll address that off podcast. I think <laughs> I th- there's a trend these days. There, there's, a, there's a term called the third space. Oh, I don't... I'm not You've sure heard if I'm of familiar. Do tell. Yep. Where people right. gather, where you gather, I gotcha. where you have a, a community outside of work and home. Gotcha. Because um, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, all right. right? So well, so I'm going to predict, because I've just said this word to you now, uh-huh. this is one of those words where you're going to hear it used, and then all of a sudden it's going to be all over the place. You're going right. to recognize it. Wiggy's Tavern. Do we know where that is? Yeah. It's not my third space. Never I, been? Nope. I know of it, and I know things about it. It was not my space, though. Literally in the shadow of Oscar Mayer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's kind of in the back lot. Sold. Actually, it's for sale. It's okay. actively for sale, but it has an offer. It went, it went for sale in January. Quickly went under contract. And while I'm not a huge fan, I had been there. And uh, if you are a huge fan of Wiggies, you should go there now before the prices go up and the portions get smaller. I'm just, you know, from from experience. You're saying it's it's uh, it's gentrifying over there or like oh, what, I just, it's just new we, ownership and one of the last sales yeah. we talked about was Brothers 3. It went kind of like 
what did we call it? Hipster. Um, you know, it, as much as people want to keep things the same, it, does, it never happens. <laughs> That's the nature so, of the world. Things change. So we'll see right. how long it is until the jukebox there starts to suck. I had the opportunity, because snow removal, we talked about the importance of snow removal yeah, right. in, in yeah. meeting your neighbors. Uh-huh. And uh, they are my neighbor on Atwood Avenue. And I got to meet the new chocolate shop uh, the new building owners, we should probably call them uh, the, I don't know what the name is yet, though. So oh, we'll okay. Call so it the, TBA? We'll call it the former chocolate shop. Mm-hmm. Um, they throw you like a pint of ice cream? They did not, yeah. but they but they did give me the, what I call the courtesy row. Yeah. You know, like when you mow the grass, you, oh, yeah. you get a courtesy yep. row. They uh-huh. they shovel, and they, they, they are prompt, they did. thorough, yeah. and they gave me a courtesy row. Okay, well, that's so, nice. I mean, decent that's... people. I'm um, looking forward to uh, to see what happens there. It's kind of the thing. Do you want them to keep doing that? It's the courtesy is nice the first time, in my opinion. But like my neighbor also gave me the courtesy, and then they did it again, and then they did it again. Well, that means you need to get again. your ass out of bed. <laughs> they keep beating me to the fuck. You need to get out of bed and give them a courtesy <laughs> row back. This is a. Will that settle it? That seems passive aggressive to this me. This is a. Like... Uh, what's in the news? The uh, the the back of the. The quid pro quo. The quid pro quo. The yeah. quid pro quo, quo row. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, other things of import. We talk each month about the cheapest sale and the highest. Mm-hmm. Why do we talk about the cheapest and the highest? I think it's important for people to to have that bracket to mm-hmm. understand where's the bottom. Kind of what? gives you a, like a marker. What's, what's selling? Yeah. What could someone with very little funds um, and often little funds and a lot of skill? Mm-hmm. Uh, what could they buy, and where could they buy it? All right, I'll accept that answer. So, what is the cheapest this month? Relatively interior on Coolidge. Yeah. So East we talked about we talked about yeah. Wiggies being in the shadow right, yeah. of Oscar Mayer um, because the sun rises in the east. <laughs> if if twenty eight oh one Coolidge were really tall, uh-huh. Oscar Mayer would be in its shadow. Oh, okay. This so is just across right Packers. The, yeah. From Oscar Mayer, a pre-foreclosure. And I think that's that might be an important term. Yeah, how do you get to pre-foreclosure? Everybody looks on Zillow and they say, yeah, pre-foreclosure. Mm-hmm. That means someone has stopped paying their bills. Okay. They are either unable or unwilling to pay their mortgage. All right. Before that property is auctioned on, on the proverbial courthouse steps, mm-hmm. which is actually just a room just in the sheriff's office. Virtually speaking, yeah. Um, the, the property can still be sold. Hmm. Maybe even if the current owner is cooperating with their lender, cooperating in every way but paying them, Yeah, um, the lender can step in and try to just sell it. Okay, so this is the lender selling it, knowing that like Something's going wrong here. We're not yes. quite getting the payments. Um, I believe the legal term is a list, pe- list, list pendens. Okay. It's a, it's a Latin term for like something is going to happen here that the, the, the intent to foreclose hmm. has been made. Okay. Um, so that one, 95K. All right. And you now that's Don't now see a that happen often. Lots yeah. of little, we'll call them Cape Cods. Smaller. Shotgun. Yeah. Like your first house. Yeah. Okay. Um, like the the shotgun lengthy room upstairs, two right. bedrooms down. Yep. Um, but this was a weird one, uh, twelve hundred square feet on the slab. That's a big footprint for those houses over there. On a slab, you mean just no basement? No basement. Yeah. Okay. No basement on a slab. 
uh, five days on the market. Mm-hmm. And because it was being sold by the lender, that is with no no guarantees. That's as is. Mm-hmm. What it is, you get that. As is, where is. Sometimes they add that like like you need to know. This I'm kind of sniffing out like a home flipper got to this one. Like how would the average person know, one, that this would go up if it's pre-foreclosure? Well, it was like, listed on the MLS. It was listed. Okay. So it's like listed on the anybody could have bought this house. And I believe that it was in decent enough condition that the financing could have been conventional. Someone with okay. even less than than twenty percent down. Okay. That said, the sale was not typical. 95K in Madison, that's also 95K, not, that's not, not bad, especially for that size. 1,200 yeah. square feet is a decent-sized house. Mm-hmm. At the other end of the spectrum... The highest sale. About 10 times the price. $975,000 on Summit Ridge Road. That's in middle town of Middleton. Town of Middleton, um, okay. For those of you picturing this home, I will mm-hmm. call it a McMansion. It's and good, then, and gives then, me a good description of what I already have an idea of like right. what it is. Lots of lots of uh, hip roofs. Uh-huh. You know, like several different angles. Lots yeah. the roofs give them away. And then the, and then there's like the the light colored brick facade. Yeah. That, that. Yep. So fifty six hundred square feet. All right. List, warehouse essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it listed first in March. So this had been sitting for quite some time. Mm-hmm. At one point two million is when they came up. So price a little bit high. Several reductions, 260 days on the market, down to 1.025 in December. And that's when it gets an offer. Mm -hmm. And it closes in January at 975,000. Okay. Now, we talked last episode, we had had hardwood floors. 975. So I looked at it. It reminded me a little bit. We talked about the parade of homes. Mm -hmm. um, And that sometimes those shiny houses with a lot of features... When those features aren't so shiny, you see, you don't see the, you don't see the, you don't see retaining that value. Sold in 2006, 2015, and 2020 for the following prices. That's a turnover. Yeah. 925, mm-hmm. 975, and 975. So okay. in 2006, yeah. the peak, a peak, 925. Then nine years later, 975. Mm-hmm. But then a whole another five years later, same price. Probably a little bit of correction between that 9,006 and 2015, but by 2015, we were seeing prices start to come back up. Hmm. But then this house was not as shiny yeah, and right. not as new. And then, sadly, it didn't, it didn't appreciate even a bit over the subsequent five years. Yeah. Now, what, one of the things I think will be interesting to talk with Jeff is he's been in his house for 45 years, and the appreciation he's seen mm-hmm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's been going on from the headlines. Our in-studio guest today is Jeff First, independent agent and broker with Thomas Bradley Insurance. But first, the top of the hour tip, followed by a quick update on the house that Rhonda built. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, 
home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. It's time for the top of the hour tip being brought to us today by the Lauer Realty Group and and uh, and prepared for us by Lindsay Cooper at the Lauer Realty Group. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, Ben. Say good news if you want to buy a house, but you still have a car loan. If you have 10 or fewer remaining payments, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will not count that remaining debt against your loan application. Well, that's fantastic. And that's as it relates to your debt-to-income ratio, correct? correct? So if you've got a car loan but fewer than 10 payments remaining, that debt will not count against your ability to borrow for a house. That's correct. Fantastic. Have a good day. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton. We are joined uh, by our in-studio guest, Jeff First of Thomas Bradley Insurance, who will be in with us in just a moment. But first, Ben, let's talk about the house that Rhonda bought. For those of you following along, maybe in pictures on the uh, Real Estate in the 608 Facebook page, we talked about the house that Rhonda bought, mm-hmm. which will soon become the house that Rhonda built. So we had a house that was in rough shape. And, like, the solution was not to rebuild this house. It's to tear this thing down and start over. And that's exactly what we have on Lansing. One of the first steps in tearing down a house is meeting with the neighborhood uh, to kind of give them an idea of what's going on. Right. Uh, Not so much that they can approve or disapprove, but it gives people an opportunity to be heard. It's a courtesy to speak to the neighbors and kind of bring them in and address their concerns. Some concerns, legitimate, and mostly just wanting to like to have them heard. Say, I'm concerned about drainage. You know, this house mm-hmm. this house sits much lower than all the houses in the, around it. But then also someone, and it may just be someone who wanted again wanted to be heard. Vinyl siding. That's not what this neighborhood is about. Oh, what uh, what what well, did they that, want? Well. I, that's Brick? not that's not what this neighborhood is about. Wood exterior? And for those of you who who don't know where Lansing is, it's in the Eastmoreland neighborhood, a uh-huh. neighborhood that that grew up in that was that was planted in the 1950s to satisfy the post World War II housing boom. Mm-hmm. Quickly built, inexpensive homes, many right. on slabs, not a very quality housing stock. Decent yeah. and affordable, and I think and maybe decent and affordable is what he what he. Th- thinks he was advocating for. Yeah. I mean, when somebody says that, like, that's not what this neighborhood is about, there's there's code to that. And what is the code that... You, what are you saying that, like, that's too much of an update? That's too, not good enough of an update? Well, I would have to say, is the neighborhood about a house that is in such poor condition it should be torn down? Our guest today, Jeff First, Thomas Bradley Insurance, and as you know, before we before we get into the interview, we decide. What do we decide? Now? Well, we got to ask him some questions because there's something we need to know about right off the top. Right? Is he fun? <laughs> he better be. <laughs> but then, how would we find that out? We we find out if he's fun by playing a little get to know you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs quiz game called the way it used to be. There used to be. There used to be. There used to be. But smiling faces far as the eye could see Car in every driveway, swinging every tree People can't stop talking about the way things used to be Are you ready, Jeff? You bet. The Eastwood Theater opened just after the stock market crash. 
the theater was out of business in a few months. So it's repossessed by the builder, maintained as a theater, and over the years was the temporary home to Trinity Lutheran Church. It was home to many theater troops, not too dissimilar from what it is now. Uh, In 1967, it was purchased and operated as a theater, but by the 1980s had turned to adult films. So in 1987, it was purchased by a few locals for $150,000 and renamed the Barrymore. So here's the question, though. What was the name from 1967 until 1987? Well, you know, I attended the showing of The Graduate at that theater (laughs) in the 60s, and I didn't look up at the marquee to see what the name of it was. (laughs) Um, I remember the name Eastwood, but I'm drawing a blank on something else. It it was simply named The Cinema. So I I gave away your locale there, Dunning Street, which which runs north and south from 2200 Atwood Avenue, and uh, and was originally named, did you know it? It was originally named Jefferson Avenue? I did not. And I have read a history of the city of Madison. Well, in, Hmm. in 1913, it was renamed Dunning Street from Jefferson. So, and that was named after Philo Dunning, the family that built the house at 2212 St. Paul Avenue. Now, if you're at the, we talked about Chalk Shop earlier. If you're at the Chalk Shop, you look up the hill, there's a, there's kind of a... I know which a, house you a, speak a, of. A rundown rental right on, uh, on uh, St. Paul Avenue there. That is the original farmhouse. Everybody thinks, oh, everybody whose house okay. is like simple... They say, well, that's the original that's the farmhouse. Original settlement but every, right like every block, there's someone who thinks they live in the original <laughs> farmhouse, and the farms were not that small. It's good to feel important <laughs> sometimes. So, <laughs> so that, that house at 2212 St. Paul was the original farmhouse for the neighborhood, and, uh, and it was lived in by Philo Dunning. Can you name one of, his, one of Philo's four historical occupations? No, let's go on to the next question. All right, I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll give you, I'm gonna give Was you a clue. Was he a railroad man? I'm gonna give you a clue that they lived in the original farmhouse. Well, all right, farmer, farmer, that's ring that bell. <laughs> a little coerced, but we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> I just, again, again, I found these things to be interesting. Uh, Philo was a farmer, a druggist, a grocer. But this one is probably what I thought that he's. He also operated a sawmill on the Starkweather Creek. Yeah. Wouldn't have guessed that that would have had a... Like, there's not a yeah. whole lot of topography Float change. Log, float the logs down the <laughs> but creek there, there. So, <laughs> so good old Philo was a sawmill operator. Mm. But we'll I, take a quick look at the scoreboard, <clears throat> which is one out of two questions is what we've got <laughs> up on the board right now. I was looking up the historical names of the streets. Uh-huh. And, uh, and often they are named for a farmer, a developer, someone who had a role in the formation of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I looked up your street, Adam. Oh. Sudbury, Sudbury Way. Yeah, I'm right. curious about the entomology of this. because Perfectly, it's nothing more than marketing. Oh, by the time, really? By the time your house was built, oh. it's all about marketing. And this was from a brochure uh, for your neighborhood. <laughs> um, the Heritage Heights names were, were to hearken to jolly old England. The homes were, and I quote, fit for a queen and built for a king. Oh, and that, okay. then that's why your Heritage Heights neighborhood would offer Sudbury Way, Cavendish Court, Severn yeah, Way, yep. Brookshire Lane, West, Westminster Court, Windsor Court, St. Albans, Portsmouth, and Mary Church. Yeah, that's right. I, as, as a side note, so Sudbury Way is my current location right now. It is awful to have to explain and spell it. They're like, what did you say? Sunbury? Sub- <laughs> Subway? So here's another. So everybody, move, everybody's moving into your neighborhood now, Jeff. Yeah. 
And they, they, you just imagine that things like the Barrymore and things like the local tavern, or in this case, my next question is about the Harmony. People imagine they've been there forever. But the Harmony was established in 1990, long after you moved to the neighborhood. <laughs> so, so your question, number three, what was the name of the business that predated the now favorite bar, restaurant, and music venue? Again, I must say I do not know. Lee's Tavern. Lee's Tavern? And yeah. that's because I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't drink either, but some of my favorite history questions are all about taverns. We're going to give you a... We're going to bring we'll the We'll get bell. two out of that. Okay, so two we'll out get of three. Two out of three. We'll it call it two it out of three. Bad. It ain't bad. kitty ring, huh? <laughs> Well, that is the way it used to be. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine. For your ears, he has been Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. And our in-studio guest is Jeff First of Thomas Bradley Insurance. Jeff, let us formally uh, welcome you to the show. Thank you for being here. Great to be here. One of the things we like to start off with is talking about in the beginning. Your history of real estate, you shared with me a little bit about your first, your first and only home. Yes, on uh, on Dunning next to uh, next to my former place there, I looked up I looked up your purchase price <laughs> <laughs> because I, I less than a cost of a car. <laughs> yeah, so so I'll, it's it's public record. Well, sixteen thousand dollars. Well, they were asking seventeen five, but we talked them down. <laughs> no, we were looking at a house on Monroe Street that we wanted to consider, and that one was twenty one thousand, and the difference between the two was large enough that. We had to go to Dunning Street. Well, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people still think the east side is the affordable side of town. <laughs> even, even today. So I, d- I did some imagining. Because it was 1974, you probably, did you put 20% down when you bought your first house? That th- used to be the way things were done. As I remember it, and it has been quite a few years ago. That, that is right, I think. Amortized over 30 years, the, the mortgage and interest on that home would have been $110 a month. So today... That's my cable bill nowadays. Today, the house is worth about 20 times what you paid for it, at roughly a 7% return, which is, which is good, because I looked up the stock market as well. The last 30 years, the stock market has returned 3.66%. So you've nearly doubled the return of the stock market there on Dunning Street. Are you trying to say that real estate might be a good investment? Over, if, if you're willing to hold on to it for 45 years, <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> when did you get into insurance, Jeff? I got into an insurance in 87. What did you do before insurance? I was an accountant. And I was an accountant for an insurance company. So it was kind of a natural transition when I made the career change to sales to go to an insurance sales. And, you know, we've talked about data being the new currency. And, 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 and a lot of people don't think about it, but data is what drives a, a company's ability to insure. The actuaries decide how often a home in my neighborhood will be struck by hail. Yep. They decide looking at my credit rating how likely I am to make a claim. Mm-hmm. They look at the age of the home and its amenities to determine how durable they are in case of these 
weather-like events. Mm -hmm. How many of your carriers are using those uh, data-collecting electronic devices that plug into cars? I have uh, one or two that are offering it. So that's, that's an opportunity for them to collect more data on you, use mm -hmm. that data to then decide if you are worthy of a discounted rate. See? Yeah, not to get too geeky, I think the actuaries are using predictive analytics. They're trying to take known data or known information and predict an outcome that might happen at a future date, and mm -hmm. then you set a rate on that based on you know, how much they think. And, right. you know, there's there's upsides and downsides of that information. It's nice to predict the weather, right? Sure. So you know what's happening in a couple of days. It's maybe not to do, like, you know, something like the movie Minority Report where we would predict whether you would commit a crime five years from now. Is this the main event? One of the things I want to talk with Jeff about, because we talked about this in the past, is um, I, ref I refer him often. And uh, I referred to him as a broker. And then the lady didn't like that. She's like, oh, a broker. Hmm. Uh, and then Jeff said, well, why don't you use the term independent agent? Because that, that has a different ring to it. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think they're both, uh, maybe because I understand what, the di what that is, is independent agent and broker interchangeable? For 25 years, I was what's called a captive agent. I worked for Century Insurance and I was an employee of theirs. I could only sell Sentry Insurance policies. Mm -hmm. They decided to stop selling auto and homeowners, and at that point in my career, I became what's called an independent agent, which means I now have access to 10 different companies that I can quote auto and homeowners with. Right. An independent agent is the term that I use to describe myself. Okay. Um, and and the fact that now I we did business when you were with uh, with Century yes and the there I remember the logo or the that you'd given me some tchotchkes and it had a little a little guard so a Century yes mm -hmm. a Century not sure. yeah. not Century like a hundred years but a Century yes. like a and not like the grocery store from Madison either well spelled, <laughs> spelled the, the same, same way, spelled yeah. the same yeah. way but yeah. not spelled the, like yeah. Century um, a Century guard it's based on the statue of the Minuteman. Oh, sure. From the Revolutionary War out in Massachusetts, oh, yeah. I think. I know which one you're talking the, about. The Sentry. Yeah, yeah. And I felt, I felt protected oh, wow. with my Sentry insurance. But boo on them for, <laughs> for, cha for changing. Prob probably the, the data did not support their, their liabilities in the automobile and home market. So here you are at, uh, at Thomas Bradley. Is, Bra is Bradley, is the name Bradley from my friend Brad? Is he what? Is he a partner in that, or is, is, does his name there just happen to be? There is a partner named Tom and a partner named Brad, and so they came up with the name Thomas Bradley. So that is Brad. <laughs> yes, I didn't. I didn't know uh, Brad. Radio, old, not a radio friend, but he was friends with Chad Plogman, and they used to go to all the oh. concerts. Brad Zeman. Did you ever Brad meet him? Brad Zeman. If no. you've been to a if you've been to a rock and roll I concert, I know not this person. You'd, yeah. you'd, you'd seen him. But okay, so there we are. You're at Thomas Bradley Insurance, and you can sell me a number of different products. Yes. Not just products, but from different providers. Yes. So, I said to Adam, I said, I said, well, he's he's kind of old school. Like he's an old school sales guy, and you are. Like you come to, like you cut, like he comes to my house. Like that's and that's house calls, right? That's yeah. like that's house. Who calls. does that anymore? <laughs> exactly. Like that's an old timey doctor thing. Uh -huh. Like yep. you, uh -huh. do you, he don't he doesn't have like a little bag like that, but but that I appreciate that. 
But at the same time, I think, and I use this as an example, um, I think one of the one of one of my policies is with progressive. Mm-hmm. So my next question is: Have you met Flo? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> but so I, I, I have think, been to Cleveland, but I've never met Flo. <laughs> okay. So so what I and then because in the even in some of those progressive commercials, there's 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 Flo, and then there's some like you know average sales guys, right? And they're in, they're in the sport coats and and they want to be like Flo. Mm-hmm. But here you are. And I mean, no offense by this, but you are the guy in the suit coat. You are the you are the salesman that wants to be like Flo, but you're selling me progressive insurance mm-hmm. because that was the that was what you found to be the best bargain for me at that time. At that time, mm-hmm. and interestingly enough, I'm going to have a conversation with you soon about switching to a different carrier because <laughs> they have jacked up their rates on you. <laughs> and see this? Oh, okay. well, that service right there is what that. Well, exactly. Is. Like, yeah. And. And we, I talked about the fact that I that I worked with Jeff when he was at Sentry, and now I work with him when he is somewhere else. I follow my people when I think they are good, and when they I think they are good, I recommend them. Bundling is one of my questions. Is it always better or? advantageous to to have your home and auto in the same place or or are you able to tell me when it's better to have my home here and my car over there most times it benefits the client to have a bundle but i analyze things by getting quotes from a bunch of different companies and in some cases i find if one is so significantly lower on the auto premium it might make sense to split the auto apart to a different company and carry the home with another one in the instances of most times that that works is that because of a bundle discount or is there something else that's happening there is a discount for combining both home and auto for the same company in most cases in most cases you have found there's occasionally you'll find a driving record is such that you need to go to a carrier who specializes in problematic driving records Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And they tend to have very attractive rates, even. Uh, so yeah. I'll sometimes split an auto off if it's beneficial for the client. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to. We don't need to talk about all the other insurance companies. Oh, yeah. But when I was a kid, my parents had American Family, and I was a trouble driver, <laughs> and they put me on American Standard. That's their which, subsidiary company for high risk. And is that has that company been changed? Is that now the general? I believe so, yes. Because you've seen that. Right. There's the, they're just AmFam, right? Call the general. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's just AmFam, but it's the higher risk product, obviously then more expensive, but also marketed in a different way because it's for different people. Calling from the bed. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton. Our in-studio guest is Jeff First with Thomas Bradley Insurance. We're talking about things insurance. And Ben, something you mentioned earlier on was that feeling. You get a feeling of security, essentially. Sure. When you when you have your insurance. I don't you, want to worry about that. You don't want to worry about that. You also, I felt you get like a feeling of security when you talk to a human being to help you yeah. with those things. So Jeff, my question to you is like, How much does that feeling come into the equation? Indeed. I go into people's homes and I present quotes to them and I compare with what they have currently. 
And if it only came down to dollars and cents, it would be an easy decision. But it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It involves a trust in the person who's presenting to you, that they're honest with you, that they're forthright, that they're looking out for your benefit, not just their own to make a sale. Um, and most of my clients, I would have to say, have been with me many, many years. And they will say to me, I'm sticking with you. I trust, trust what you say, whatever you recommend. Mm -hmm. and, and that's an important thing to me. It's something I take pride in. So, Jeff, knowing that, and I realize you, you're going to be biased in this answer, but I still think it's a valid question. The difference between like the the full service human connection versus like the other side of this in the insurance industry right now is like I can just go online and click some buttons and then I also have insurance. What do you see as the differences? Well, as I said, if it only comes down to dollars and cents, a person can go online, but they can also be a little bit misled online with predetermined suggested levels of coverage that nobody talks to them about or explains to them. Uh, I had a client who investigated online uh, a comparative quote against what he had through me, and I found that they were not suggesting that he have uninsured or underinsured motorist coverage on his auto policy. I would never write a policy without those. It showed them to seemingly be more competitive, but to me, it's a ruse. So I'm not suggesting that all Internet quotes are that way, but mm -hmm. it's a potential problem. Yeah, because, I mean, if I go online, I'm looking at insurance. I'm always cautious of, like, the cost. And, like, that is probably, you know, going to be coming down to, like, one of my final decisions because I don't have... I don't have another human or I don't have somebody else to bounce the idea off of. I'm going to say like, okay, I can, this is what I can afford or what I think I can afford. Um, and I'll just go and make a choice because it's a little uninformed at, at some point, some point. It brings to mind a TV commercial that I've seen lately. I think it's Liberty Mutual. Uh, buy or pay for only what you need. The implication being that people have sold you more than you need. Uh -huh. And that bothers me greatly because I'm not that kind of person. I, I would not oversell a situation. Um, it's important to me to care for the client more so than myself. But it's also, it's also there's also the assumption there that the average person knows what they need. Do you remember in the neighborhood 10 or 15 years ago, the house on um, Division, Division Street blew up? The blue one that oh, blew up. The natural yeah. gas explosion? Right, yeah. The house next door to it caught on fire as a result of it, and the city determined that there was too much damage to allow them to repair the house. They had to tear it down and rebuild. Those people had an insurance policy through a local company who shall remain unnamed, and they had a brick house, but found that they didn't have enough coverage in their policy to rebuild using brick. They were extremely disappointed. I can imagine. So that says to me that possibly they were not advised to have the proper amount of coverage on their home. And that's something that you could easily, if you were going online and trying to get a homeowner's quote, would say, well, what dollar amount do I use for coverage on my house? Some people might say, well, it's what I paid for my house. Right. Mm -hmm. Other people might say it's what the city assesses me for. 
And other people might know more knowingly that it is replacement cost coverage. What would it cost you today to, to build rebuild that, house, that today. house with today's labor and material costs? And that can be dramatically different from the others. No, we're learning that on Lansing. The house, the yeah. house that Rhonda will build um, is going to be a 300 something thousand dollar house. And there is not a lot of meat on that bone. That, so... That's what it costs to build now. So that's the question. Is is the replacement cost, that's what you aim for? Yes. That's, that's the one. You don't go what it's going to sell for today. No, nope, no, nope. because you could be in a neighborhood that is in a declining market, and if you used market value, you'd be way under what it would cost to rebuild it. Mm-hmm. Well, I know sometimes some of the questions that you've asked me as we've gone through or bought, as I bought buy more houses and I come to you with the information, you're asking me questions about the height of the ceilings, and the quality of the construction so that whatever imagined house I would rebuild would not only, not only will my policy afford me the opportunity to rebuild, but it will be a house of similar quality. Indeed, we live in a neighborhood that has features of hardwood floors and some still have plaster walls. If you wanted those things replaced, they would be more expensive. So you need to make sure that you get replacement cost coverage. I have one company that offers guaranteed replacement cost coverage on homeowners with no cap. Quite often you'll have a policy written that will say, okay, we're going to insure the house for $200,000 and we'll put a 25% cushion above that. So if push comes to shove, you know, you'll have more. I have a company that puts no cap on it whatsoever, and that's a wonderful feature to have in a homeowner's policy. Oh, I can imagine. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. It's time for the market update. In with today's market update, Lindsay Cooper. Hi, Ben. We are seeing low inventory all over the city. And in fact, houses are still in competition in January getting multiple offers and getting scooped up in those first couple days. If you are concerned that you need to wait until spring and things warm up to list your house, we are finding that is not the case. Especially, it sounds like in that first-time buyer market, maybe under 250 250. or maybe even under 3 Yep, that's the most competitive. They are not lasting long. The buyers are out there and they don't want to get stiffed again like they did last summer. Exactly. They're hungry. Thank you, Lindsay. You're welcome. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. To my right is Ben Anton. And at the other end of the Real Estate in the 608 studio table is Jeff First of Thomas Bradley Insurance. Jeff, again, thank you for being here today. It's it's nice to learn some things here from you. That's kind of what we're hoping to do. We bring in experts who know things because we don't know stuff all the time. <laughs> so Surrounding ourselves with people smarter than us about insurance. That's right. Um, <laughs> question for you, Jeff. Is it true that insurance in Wisconsin has gone up or should I say, is it was it, did it used to be lower than other states? 
Indeed, I get people moving here from other areas of the country, and they are amazed at how low the premiums are here compared to, say, out east. Okay, and that that was something I actually stumbled stumbled on online, um, and that 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 difference may not be as great as it once was. Um, they did not specify; they did not say global warming, but um, but weather is a big impact on yeah. homeowners, and that that our mid our Middle West has uh, in the last few decades started to see uh, bigger and more damaging weather. Indeed, the hailstorms are killing us in the Midwest, and they're causing a rise in homeowner premiums. What's like some numbers with hailstorms? Is hailstorms the most frequent uh, claim that people make? I think on homeowners, probably in this and area. In this area, is. we're yeah. saying the Midwest. Yeah. We but don't we... see fires that often. Um, we don't see theft or vandalism as a major cause. Tornadoes might be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get those periodically as well. Are you saying like Wisconsin or like southern Wisconsin or just Dane County or... I'm talking the state in general. The state in general. Yeah. And, but you're also saying that the frequency of that is happening more and more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Here, maybe, we, maybe we hit on a couple of quick takeaways following that advice and likely uh, hearing you echo it. My deductible on a homeowner's policy is $1,000. Because if it's less than that, should I really be making a claim? Should I just fix it myself? Do I want to? Because once you make claims, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you are claim friend or not friendly but claim happy that's going to cost in time it can be even more than that it can be that they would not renew your policy after a while thinking that they're never going to make any money on your policy if they've paid out three or four times already I got a problem with that. Does that seem fair to everyone in the room here? That seems very unfair to me that I go into and like would pay somebody to do that. Yet, like I have, assuming I have a legitimate need to do that, yeah, um, you know, and I'm not trying to like scam or something. Like, uh, then they would say, you know what? I think uh, we're not interested in you anymore. Well, a homeowner's policy is an annual contract, so they have the right each year to say whether they want to renew that contract or not, just as you anywhere along the way can say, I wish to change my company. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and for what cost or what, what that will cost. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not believe that I was booted after getting a new roof. Oh, no, you would not be for a mm-hmm. claim. I'm just saying that, yes, there could be some impact on premium if you've had a couple of claims. And ultimately, it could be that you would not be renewed. And that doesn't happen very often at all. Is there a way for insurance companies to find out if you have made a lot of claims? Oh, indeed. You talk about data. There's a database that they can access. They know that in like 2009, I tried to say that this window that was breaking in my house, fix this for me. And they're like, I don't think so. That's on the record somewhere. It is. Yes. Okay. My permanent school record and and my insurance record are out there. I know it. That was another little myth. (laughs) I stumbled on another little myth. And I know a lot of people when they're buying a home are concerned about their credit rating or their credit score. Yeah. And that's something that insurance companies will, will look at, uh, to, to determine your credit worthiness. Um, and I learned about the difference between a hard pull and a soft pull. When an insurance company pulls your credit, it does not have the same negative effect ah. as when a lender will pull oh, your credit. Okay. Because if a lender pulls it, multiple requests for that report will have a detrimental effect on the number. Yeah. Yep. Whereas if, a, if an insurance company 
pulls it that does not. You shouldn't feel bad about shopping around or multiple places. Mm-hmm. Well, you should if Jeff First is your agent. <laughs> right. Well, because yeah. he's he's going to have any one of the he'll 10 He'll do different. it for you. He is he'll, a good salesman. He'll do it for you. <laughs> um, but it but the uh, the soft pull uh, will not have a negative effect on your credit rating as a whole. Jeff, how do I get the best deal? Well, this is going to sound self-serving, but you find an independent agent that you feel is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. and rely on them to get multiple quotes and to present to you the one or two that appear to be the best for you to choose from. Yeah, so a bidding process, essentially. You're looking at more than one example. Oh, yeah. And you're taking, you're making a hopefully informed decision on what's the best. Indeed. Let's take a break for Phil's phone-in and a look beyond the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. A couple of weeks ago, I attended a fascinating presentation on generational differences. Inevitably, those conversations turned to talk about millennials. You know, the folks that are 19 to 39 years old today. The guy giving the presentation said that when we think about millennials, we need to take their birth certificate age and subtract five years. And that'll tell you about where they are in their life stage relative to where we are. For example, if you look at millennials in 2017, only 17% were married. When you looked at Generation X, my generation in 1995, 29% of us were married. Boomers in 1978, 42% were married. The silent generation in 1963, 59% married. And that has an impact on home buying patterns. Recent data from Apartment List suggests that 33% of millennials say they are not ready to settle into a permanent lifestyle just yet. But we're also seeing some evidence that millennials are beginning to make the move. Data from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York shows that in the first quarter of 2013, persons 18 to 39 years old accounted for 26% of all mortgage originations. Well, that number's jumped quite a bit. By the third quarter of last year, 38% of mortgage originations came from people 18 to 39. So maybe the millennials are beginning to catch up. That's all for now. Until the next time, Ben, this is Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. Now's the time when everything could start going downhill. We shared with the listeners earlier in the uh, or late season one about my sewer lateral. I needed to have it fixed. And I talked to the city about the, uh, they gave the nod to an insurance company that covers sewer lateral lines. Yep. And I called them. And they said, if you have ever removed roots, if you've ever had the Roto-Rooter man out to your house, that they would not sell you that sewer lateral line coverage. Somehow it got to Jeff that I had had this sewer lateral line problem. And he said, but wait. Before we but wait, we should explain the sewer lateral. Your house has a sewer. You're connected to the sewer system, right? When you flush the toilet, it goes out a pipe into the yard. Yep. And then it gets connects with a pipe in the street. If you are connected to the city of Madison's Right. If you do not have a septic system. All right. And uh, so there is a line that goes from your house to the street. Right. And that pipe is your job. It's your property. And uh, it's your job to clean roots out of it. It's your job not to flush down things that shouldn't be. Um, And if it breaks or leaks, it's your job to fix, even if it is seven feet below the sidewalk. Yep. It's also your job to please be neat and wipe the seat. 
Yes. So that was a <laughs> that was a three thousand, and I and I have that was Jeff Pulley and one of his uh, excavators, but still a thirty like thirty five hundred dollar job. Thirty five hundred. Okay. Thirty five hundred dollars, and you had to dig the thing up to dig up my front yard and replace a, a two foot section of pipe. I mean, it was sad that they just replaced this little segment. But that's all they did. But that's to what do. they had to do because you did not have. I did not have sewer lateral sewer. insurance. So line insurance. Jeff, should people have sewer lateral line insurance? I think they should because the policy that's offered through the city, uh, I think, costs around eighty bucks a year, roughly. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Well, the insurance industry, in an effort to keep up to competition, so to speak, is now offering that as an endorsement on homeowner policies. Like so an add-on. An endorsement yes, would be an add-on. an optional thing to add to your policy. I've got two companies that will do it, and the cost of doing it is somewhere between $20 and $40 a year. So it's a oh. lot less expensive than the separate policy that the city is referring you to. Oh, but it would also require my moving my homeowner's policy to one of the companies that offers the endorsement. Yes. So there's a there would gotcha. be a bad, but you would be able to put them both before me and I would be able to decide. Yes. How often do people need that? I mean, I, we have a case in the room right here where somebody <sighs> needed it. Is that is that happen a lot? Like I don't and I'm only saying because I don't see a lot of yards dug up. In Madison. No, it doesn't happen a lot. But the problem is when it happens, it costs. Mm -hmm. And if for 20 to $40 a year you can put coverage in place for that eventuality, I think it's a good thing to do. Even, even if I'd had that on every single property for 10 years, that one time it happens... That would have paid for itself. Yeah. Do, do you have it on your properties now? Well, we're having a meeting. We're at, that's what the upcoming me. meeting is. To <laughs> he just I got told you. me there's going to be a meeting, and we're going to talk about progressive, and if that's the best way, and then we're going to talk about the sewer lateral line insurance as well. But it sounds like you're convinced that this is a better idea, though. After writing that check, yes. Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> there was too many zeros. He's talking about two less zeros on this check than I write. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Find us online at inthe608.com. We're also on Facebook, at inthe608.com. Welcome to the program, Thank Adam. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Social media teacher. <laughs> My name is Adam Elliott. He has been Anton. Our in-studio guest today has been Jeff First uh, with Thomas Bradley Insurance. Uh, Jeff, I don't know if you get this question a lot. Like, I am fishing for something crazy that happens in the insurance business. I know we talked about, like, there are people who think that this is a litigious society. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, depending on your perception. But, like, anything crazy you can think of ever happen in the insurance game? I anticipated you might ask this question, and I thought about it on the way over. And I really don't have any strong story of that nature to tell you. And I think it's because... In my mind, if you properly insure people, when there are claims made, they just they handle themselves. <laughs> just, they're, they're not outrageous situations. I mean, that's that's kind of the insurance game, right? Is like keep it on the level. Everything you want it to be running smooth. <laughs> right. No surprises. As we wrap up our time with you, put your contact information on the on the on the website. Uh, adjacent your episode. Is there a better way for people to get in touch with you or a, a 
an email address or a... They're welcome to call me. They're welcome to email me, whichever is convenient for them. All right. Well, we will put that information at the uh, adjacent Season 2, Episode 2 at inthe608.com. Jeff, thanks for being in the studio today. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. It was fun. I think I learned a little bit today. That's good. good. I, I like think, the intention. Good. Here, I think right? we all learned something. Yeah. And now you can go back to the Bradley of Thomas Bradley and say, hey... Who's the rock star now? <laughs> who, who, was on, who was on Ben Anton and Adam Elliott's podcast, huh? He will be calling you, I'm sure, trying to get on to outdo me. <laughs> well, he is not welcome here. <laughs> I have an insurance agent already. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Sometimes I'm sure of, sometimes my head's not. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He has been Anton, our in-studio guest has been Jeff First with the Thomas Bradley Insurance Company. But Ben, what was that? That that was that was a lot of insurance, but I think we kept it interesting. I think there's a couple takeaways. I hope so. I mean, he, he mentioned there insurance. It's not the most exciting thing to talk about all the time, but like there's some reassurance in the insurance business, right? <laughs> we were, whether we are insuring or insuring, we're insuring you have a good time <laughs> with an e. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked about. I think some of the takeaways here. We talked about. Uh, Broker, independent, independent agent. The difference between there and or, the, or the fact that they're the same. Yeah, and gonna try to find the one that fits you best. Maybe even flow from progressive. So it's not as if internet quotes are the the, mm-hmm. the things. So just because you're going old school with a guy who will visit you and ask you questions and try to better understand your situation more than in, than an online form, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're gonna miss out on the next best available online product. It's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yep. A number of companies looking around to see see what's best for your needs. I feel dirty when I say it a little bit cuz I used, used to sell commercials uh-huh. and, I, and I would do a need analysis. Sure. Yep. And then you like you, you I need to, to spend under, less money. <laughs> try to understand the client's needs. But I mean it's legitimate. Like what 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 do you have? No, what are you trying to protect? You're you're engaging in the user experience and what what the user hopes to get out of the exactly. client, right? And we yeah. talked about the relationship. He spends his days thinking about looking at those numbers. Does this all about, fit? Yeah. Is yeah, yeah. this all making sense? Um, no, I liked that I got out and because because it makes sense. I feel like I can trust him. I know he does sales and it would benefit him to tell you these things. But like, you know, the ability to make comparisons so you are informed, so you are making a good decision about what you're going to buy. It's not different from getting a good deal everywhere. You just need to have yeah. the info. You need to be armed with How information. How often do you right? walk into a store and they say, well, I got 10 different options. Yeah. What do you, what do you need? What What's going to fit best? Well, let's learn a little bit about you. Yeah. Also interesting that we got to talk about his his uh, his home ownership experience. Forty five years in the same house. It's amazing. The only thing I've been doing for forty five years is breathing. I think that's about it. <laughs> I that was the year before I was born that he moved into that house. Um, but we talked a little bit about the the seven percent annual appreciation of his home. Bought it for sixteen thousand dollars. He he nearly. Outperformed the stock market over the last 30 years by two. That's the shocker. Double the return. Doubled it. And we also got into that Wisconsin is actually lower when it comes to insurance costs compared to the rest of the country. Now, we don't have hurricanes. Yeah, we don't have hurricanes. And like not, it sounded like climate was some of the reason behind that. Not a that. whole lot of, I mean, we have flooding a little bit, but. You're right. But not like some, not like 
along the Mississippi nonsense. Right. Glad to have had him in, and I feel like uh, I feel like we we are now smarter. That's right. For Thanks. having had him. Thanks, Jeff. It was uh, it was good to see him today. So um, we should talk about uh, there is a newsletter that you can check out. Newsletter comes out every month. This last issue included an invitation to a free movie event at Barrymore the aforementioned. Cinema. The cinema? The Barrymore Theater. The oh, that's Eastwood. just a new name. Nobody calls it the Barrymore. It's the cinema. You call it. Somebody, <laughs> it's, people would know if you said the Eastwood. Right? You sign up for the newsletter. Go to Facebook at in the 608. Uh-huh. Uh, click subscribe. You'll get. You'll sign up for my newsletter. And like twice a year, you're going to get an invitation to something fun. Hey. Like a free movie event or a Mallard's game or something like that. You know, you'll learn something. But there's something fun, too. Not a bad deal. Um, we should thank some of the musicians and the musical artists you've been listening to throughout uh, In the 608 this episode, uh, which include Renclaw, El Donk, and Bob Westfall. And Seesaw. And the Mad, and the Mad City, City Jugman. Mad City Jugman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got a kazoo in there. That's right. <laughs> Actually, right. Uh, all right. So one more thank again. Thanks again to Jeff First of Thomas Bradley Insurance. And uh, thanks to you, Ben. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, We don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via emails to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. Come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. And we could be taking names. And we could be Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather meet. And we could be. Come on, baby, won't you 
prove me wrong Cause I've been waiting here All day long And so I'm singing you this Waiting song